Welcome to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast, Been There, Done That. To get free mentoring services, as well as to see the wide variety of resources available for small businesses, visit our website at www.score.org or call 1-800-634-0245. And now, here's your host, Dennis Zink. Episode number 35, The Sales Bridge. Fred Dunnier joins me today in our studio as co-host and our audio engineer. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Dennis. Our guest today is Mike Lewis. Mike, good morning. Good morning, Dennis. Welcome to Been There, Done That. I'm happy to be here. Mike Lewis is a certified mentor and the chapter chair of Pasco Hernando Score in Pasco County, Florida. An expert in selling techniques and sales communication skills, Mike presents seminars on topics such as how to start a business and personality selling. His published book, The Sales Bridge, The Art of Sales Communication, focuses on why personality selling is an ideal way to interact, communicate, and sell more products and services. Mike has been a small business owner and has trained hundreds of sales representatives and managers. Mike, what do you mean by personality selling and why would that be either important or a good technique to have? Dennis, it's critical to understand your customer and who you're selling to. All too often, a salesman uh, just goes into the office and starts to talk, 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 but doesn't really analyze their own personality. They don't analyze the customer's personality. And what I mean by personality is we all look at things different. We all behave differently. Some of us are very aggressive, which I would call a D-type personality. They're very direct. They want facts quickly. Some of us are interactive. They just talk a lot. Salesmen run in and all they do is talk, 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 talk. There is certain other people who don't like change. I would call that the S personality. They're traditional. They don't want to move too quick. They don't understand how to move too quick. And then there are others within the selling realm that are analytical. They just need data, data, data. So if a salesman doesn't understand the customer's personality, they don't even get to first base. So it's critical that they understand who they are and who the customer is. Mike, why is learning selling skills and personality selling a different thing? I'm glad you asked that question because a lot of sales representatives just do not understand the differences. Let me explain. Selling skills are techniques you use such as asking questions gaining information from the customer, how to handle objections, how to close. That's been the traditional way of selling. But you have to get to that point. The problem with sales representatives is they go into a customer, they don't understand their own personality to begin with, they don't analyze the customer's personality, and they never get to selling skills. So you have to build rapport. There's an old adage, people buy from people they like and people buy from people they trust. So you have to build that personal rapport. And the way to build that personal rapport is to understand your customer. What turns them on? What gives them a reason to buy from you? Do they need a lot of data? And if you don't give them the data, they won't buy from you. They don't think you're on top of your game. So there's quite a bit of difference between selling skills and personality selling. And why do some customers buy from, you know, one salesperson versus another? Ah, the old, 
the old problem. Why can one salesman go in and immediately sell and the other salesman has been hammering away for five or ten years and they, they can't get the order? It comes to personality. For instance, Dennis, if you and I just met each other, you know, casually, uh, I'd walk up to you and say hello. You'd say hello to me and then you'd turn around to Fred and say, Fred, I don't like that guy. Why don't you like him? You just met him two seconds ago. I don't know. This is something about him. That has to do with personality. You know, people have to click with each other. You have to have the same or similar behaviors to be involved with somebody, hang around somebody. It's the same thing with customers. If I'm a salesman and I just walk in and start talking and talking and talking, but that's a different behavior and personality that you have, well, you're a, a very direct, dominant type of personality. You want quick, short answers. You don't want to hear this guy talk and talk and talk. So that's why some people click with the customer and some people don't. Okay, Mike. So why is this different than DISC? DISC is a, a system that I've been familiar with for many years, and we used to give it to a lot of employees. That's pretty good, but how is it different? Dennis, that's a great question. Let me first explain the DISC system, which is the dimensions of behavior. I'm sure our audience has heard of Meyer-Briggs and DISC and some of the other personality behavior mod uh, models that are out there. D is a very dominant, direct behavior. I is a very interactive, people-orientated behavior. S is a very steady, traditional, also people-active behavior. And C is a compliant behavior, I'll uh, define that as analytical. So if I am a I interactive behavior and I walk into you as my customer and you're very direct and I'm very talkative, which is not hard for me, you're going to get turned off because you, be, you want me to be very short. Get to the point. Give me the facts, ma'am. And that's the difference. That's why understanding the DISC model uh, is important. What I've done is I've adapted that DISC model to make it a selling model. So I've said to the salesman, you have to understand your personality and behavior. You have to then analyze the customer's behavior, and you have to adapt. And the key word here is adapt your selling behavior to the customer in order to be successful. Sounds like a skill that would be good for all aspects of life, not just selling. Fred, you're absolutely correct. All I've done is adapt it to selling and focus on selling. But this can be used within the business organization. Uh, how does the CEO adapt to their bookkeeper? How does the sales manager adapt to their salesman? How does the project manager adapt to the people in the warehouse? It's all the same. Well, thank you. You refreshed my memory, and I do recall we did use it for across all aspects of our organization. And it is used widely across all aspects. Uh, we've just adapted to selling. So how do you build rapport with prospective customers depending upon what quadrant you're in? You build rapport by understanding, number one, what is your personality? Am I an analytical person? Well, in my own case, I'm not. So I don't really delve into the facts and the figures and look at Excel spreadsheets. Yeah, I could do it, but that's not really what my personality behavior is. I'm more talkative. I'm more direct. If I walk in and talk to somebody I'm selling to, 
that needs data, needs analytical data in order to make a decision, and myself as a salesman doesn't recognize that from the customer, then I'm not going to sell that customer. The reason is that I'm not giving them the facts and the figures they need to make a rational decision. They will never buy. So it's really a question of alignment. Alignment, adapting. Yeah. So trying to get closer. So is does it mean that you're actually kind of putting on airs or being fake if you're not who you are and you're trying to adapt to the customer by being different? No, you're not you're not putting on an air. All you're doing is you're being smart. You're adapting your behavior to what the customer's behavior uh, is and uh, pick up indicators so you can satisfy the customer need. Mike, you say that all customers buy differently. Can you explain why that happens? You have to understand how the customer buys. But first, you have to understand how you sell. The question is, how do you understand how the customer buys? You know, in selling, you can walk into an office and there's such a thing called blueprinting. In other words, you look around. What plaques do they have on the wall? Are their magazines in order or are they all messy? You walk into the CEO's office or somebody's office in the, in the, in the company and you take a look around. Is their desk neat or are their folders all piled up? Uh, there are different indicators that you have to look for uh, and adapt your behavior and personality selling. I might, I might keep things as a mess and have folders just stacked up all over the place. That's an indicator. If the customer doesn't, you know they're neat and they're orderly. That may be a certain personality indicator that you're picking up. So people sell differently and they buy differently. And it's up to the salesman to pick up those indicators and adapt, as I said before, their traits to the customer's traits. Okay, you walk into an office, someone that you're trying to sell, and let's say they have folders nice and neatly organized, like layered, one on top of the other, but they're, he can read them all at the same time. That's what I do. What do you make out of that? <laughs> okay, good question, Des. Let's take an example. I walk into somebody's office, and I look up on the wall, and there's a whiteboard. And that whiteboard has formulas, and it has... Uh, models of things, and it has numbers and all types of things. That's an indicator that they like data. They like to figure things out. That's just one indicator. But it's a direction the salesman should pick up on. Because if you're a, let's say, I behavior, an interactive people behavior I explained before, and all I want to do is start talking, you're going to turn that customer off immediately. You need to pick up on that indicator and realize, bam, I have to adapt my behavior and my personality in order to satisfy that customer with data, with facts, with figures, with testimonials. Because what's going to happen is that customer is going to say, hey, this salesman really knows what turns me on. This, this salesman really knows how to get to the bottom line. They're giving me what I need. If you don't do that, the customer will never buy from you. So you're really not changing your personality as a salesperson. You're just adapting your behavior to, in an attempt to try to be more successful with the goal, which is to walk out of there with an order and establish a relationship. That's absolutely correct. Because, you know, we all have comfort zones. Your comfort zone might be, just give me the facts, ma'am. Be very direct. And that's what satisfies you. My personality may be a talkative personality. 
that's what turns me on. But if I don't understand it, you want to be very direct. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna miss the point. I'm gonna miss the point. I'm gonna. I'm. You're gonna start saying to me, you know what? This guy is just wasting my time. And you never get to selling skills. You never get to asking the questions because the customer is turned off. So it's obviously important for a salesperson to understand their own personality. How can they better do that? Well, they do that with an assessment that we give, quite frankly. You'll get a 28-page assessment. Uh, You can go online. We give a little uh, assessment. It's not a test. It's an assessment, and it pretty much nails you to the wall. It's an amazing thing. There are 24 questions, and out of that 24 questions, we get a 28-, 24-page report, and it maps out your different behaviors in the different quadrants. You know, we all don't have just one type of behavior. They all work in combination. So I might be what you call a very direct and a very D type of behavior uh, along with a I interactive people behavior. And they work in combination. It's the same with the customer. So once I understand my predominant behaviors, my highest combination of behaviors, then I understand what I have to control because my strengths overuse can become a weakness. Your strengths overuse can become a weakness. So therefore, if we modify those, if we adapt those to what we want as an end result, and that's increase our revenue, increase our profit, get more orders, we'll be able to do that by adapting if we understand who we are and then look at indicators of the customer. Well, in your personality selling course, for example, you refer to uh, determining your customer's buying style. Can you explain more on how that's done? Obviously, you can't give the customer an assessment as you've taken, but you can look at tendencies. You can look at indicators. As I said before, what's around the office? Is everything stacked up neatly? Are there facts and figures on the wall? Uh, Is the desk empty? Uh, If the desk is empty, there's nothing on the desk. There may be a very direct, dominant type person. Let's just get to the facts. So there are various indicators that you can look for. How do they stand? How do they speak? Are they quick? Are they slow? Uh, Do they ask specific questions such as, how did you get to that point? Who else is using this product? Um, Give me uh, some data on the product. Those are all indicators that the sales representative has to pick up on. Mike, how can this be adapted for use on the telephone? Well, it's a very difficult situation when you're calling somebody on the phone. Telling us Telephone selling techniques is not an easy situation. As you probably know, Fred, uh, when we did the pricing for profit uh, discussion uh, a few weeks ago, when you get somebody on the phone, you got about three to five seconds to get a grabber statement before the person is going to hang up. So it's very difficult to do this on the phone, but um, it can be done by doing some homework before you call that customer. You know, what type of business is that customer in? Do you know anything about the CEO? Uh, This can all be gotten online. Where did they graduate from? What was their predominant uh, uh, major that they took in school, uh, in college? So those could be indicators, but it's a very difficult situation to use this on the phone. Let's say you're selling a lot online. People, even business to businesses, a lot of it's happening online these days. Is there any way to set up your web page or your your online presence in a way that will cross the different boundaries so you don't leave somebody out when you're trying to appeal to the spectrum of, of personality types? 
That's an interesting question. I, I've never really delved into that, but I would imagine online what you can do is you can ask specific questions, see what answers you get. Uh, just filling out a form is not going to get you there, obviously. But uh, it depends on your product. How involved is your product uh, compared to just ordering something? So uh, you can ask specific questions and see if you get uh, answers back that are very detailed. If the, if the answers come back that are very detailed, then that's an indicator of what this customer wants, you know, what type of behavior they have. For instance, I have a friend who's very direct, very dominant, wants to get to the point. He would never ask detailed questions. Never happen. So if you get a, an answer back that says, just give me the price, then that's an indicator of what that customer may want. If you get a question, an answer back that asks you to go into detail, long, winded, that's an indicator this person is interactive, people oriented, they want to talk, they want to build rapport, they want to get to know you before you buy anything. So there are certain indicators you have to look for. I think Fred's question is, is really interesting, and I've been thinking about it as you're, and listening to you at the same time. I guess I'm multitasking. But what, what it implies is that uh, it's like A-B testing. I mean, how do you get – if someone's looking uh, for a specific product and the website is asking questions to move them along a certain line, it can actually force them down a D pipeline or an I or SC or whatever the letter is in terms of their personality. So I think it's done, but it's probably done using A-B testing where they test – uh, one against two, and then you pick whether you want one or two, and you go down that road. So if the questions are geared properly, it probably would work. Well, you know, as I'm thinking about it, too, for example, when you go to look at a uh, an item you might be buying, there's going to be one tab that's going to have specifications and another tab that might say features and benefits. And different personality types may tend to click on different tabs. Maybe they'll all click on all of them, but they'll go through in a specific order. The point is to have all those options available so that all the personality types that are coming to your website have the ability to get the information they need to make a decision. Yeah, Mike, and if, if you're going to a client, you're prepared for any personality type or every personality type. In other words, if they want the data, you've got it. And if they don't, then you just leave it out and you go a different route. That's absolutely correct. And it's the same thing as selling skills. When you walk into a customer you have to be able to handle all situations. You have to be able to understand what are some of the objections that could come up and practice those before you go in. It's not the time to practice when you get in there. So you have to be an expert. Salespeople have to take selling as their profession. If It's just like a football player, and I'm sure you've heard this adage before, they don't go on the field without their helmet. It's the same thing with a sales representative. They need to go into that office or they need to talk to a customer anywhere on the phone uh, and they have to be prepared. They have to take this seriously that this is their profession. So when they walk into that customer, they have to take a look at uh, the indicators they see and be able to adapt very quickly. They have to, when we get back to selling skills, understand that I have to ask some probing questions. What are those probing questions? Where is that going to lead me? For instance, in selling, you never ask a question that you don't know the answer to. 
it's, uh, it's a technique that you have to use. You have to be able to say, okay, if this customer asks you a question about your product and it's an objection, is it a real objection or is it not a real objection? So it's the same thing with personality selling. Adapt, 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 look at the indicators and move on. So in your experience, what personality types tend to sell the best or does it matter? No, they're all over the lot. Uh, because uh, the, the the highest uh, personality type is an S, which is a traditional, we don't want change, be careful uh, type of personality. It's about 40% of the United States population, which is rather high. So they're all over the lot. You never know who you're going to run into, and that's why you have to do your homework before you walk in. You may ask the receptionist, tell me a little bit about John, who's the CEO, before I go in there. Can you help me understand? So you get some indicators. This is blueprinting. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, that 40% is an interesting figure. What about the other letters in the quadrant? Well, the lowest is, uh, is a D, which is about 12%. And the other, the I and the C, uh, fall in between that. But the highest percentage are people who are traditional. Let's not change. Let's be careful. You know, for instance... Let me, let, let me give you a cute little example. I happened to use this on my website when I was uh, doing consulting. If you have a group of people standing by an elevator, and they all get in the elevator at the same time, and uh, somebody pushes the button to the seventh floor, the S or traditional person might say, well, wait a minute. We always go to the fourth floor first. Why do we change? Why do we have to go to the seventh floor? That's tradition. They don't want change. Whereas if you're standing in front of that elevator and everybody runs in, there's one guy lagging behind and the door closes and everybody says, why don't you wait for him? He says, listen, I got to go to a meeting. I don't have any time. I got to get going. That's the D. Whereas the I gets in that elevator and they just talk to everybody. Hey, you want to go for a drink after work? So the fact of the matter is they want to talk to people. They want to build rapport. And if you don't have a personality that's going to be able to adapt, if that's your customer, you're not going to get the order. What does the C do? The C counts the people in the elevator. One, two, three, four. And they say, oh, my God, we're overweight. Stop the elevator. <laughs> you, you talk about these different quadrants. I would suspect that our audience, who are a lot of people starting businesses, uh, CEOs of small businesses, have a much higher percentage of D types than the general population. Uh, you would think that, uh, Fred, but not necessarily. Uh, I get that question all the time uh, with accountants, with sales representatives, with lawyers, with doctors. It's really not. It's, across, it's, it's really across the board. Because, see, what happens is people put on what I'll call an air or a mask. And they may act one way in a certain situation. But when they get under stress... Uh, their true behavior and personality comes out and their mask comes off. And that's not who they really are. I'm sure you've seen situations where uh, somebody uh, acts a certain way, they behave a certain way, and then all of a sudden the pressure of uh, they, they have a high receivables or their payables are high, or whatever the situation is, and all of a sudden they turn and they go, well, they act differently. Well, that's their mask coming off. So you never really know what their true behavior and personality is. As a salesperson, do you have, ever have to penetrate that mask, or do the customers typically not have one? Oh, we all have it. We all, we all have a mask. And depending where you are on the, on the scale of 0 to 100 within the spectrum of D, I, S, and C, 
um, the mask will come off sooner or come off later. For instance, with me, I'm a very low C, which means I'm not an analytical person. I'm down by zero. I don't want to hear facts. I don't want to hear figures. There's no mask. It is what it is. But you may find somebody who's a, I call a high D, which is close to 80 or 90 or 100%. They may have a mask. And they may be covering up their true personality behavior with being people-orientated and interactive. And they make them believe that uh, they're your friend. And then they get under pressure and all of a sudden, bam, they turn on you and they start saying, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. You're going to do it my way. That's their mask coming off. That's their true behavior and personality coming out. And interestingly enough, customers are the same. So it's hard to determine that. You have to do that when you get into selling skills and asking them questions. Need satisfaction selling. What's important to you? How can I help you? You Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why you're looking for those nonverbal cues, such as the messy desk and the plaques on the wall. Absolutely. How do they dress? How do they act? What do they look like? All right. So, Fred, you you and I have worked together for a while, and Mike, I've known you. uh, You know, I've known you for a while. Anyway, what what am I? I would say, D, uh, Dennis, you have a D type of behavior uh, personality. Fred, you, what do you, you think? You're very you're very direct. Uh, you want to get right to the point. Uh, you'll cut people off. I don't take that don't take that badly. But uh, you Mike, know. enough said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is why I think Mike is a D too, because you asked me the question and he answered it. Uh, That's but- <laughs> absolutely correct, by the way, Fred. I, I, I hear. He let's said get he was to the a point. C. Let's he get said on. he was a C. But no, I-, I said I'm a zero C. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Okay. I wondered about that. I, I think it's true that that by and large you uh, you get a lot of things done, which takes a certain amount of uh, assertiveness. I was going to use the word aggression, but that's not right. It's more assertiveness. And that what I would expect to be a person who's a D as well as, you know, your chairman of the, of the chapter. I would expect that somebody who aspired to that would be a D as well. But you also have a pretty high I quotient. You really like to bring a lot of people into things. You like to involve a lot of people. Uh, it's interesting. I'm a very high I. I was in, uh, I was in the second in charge of uh, the IT department for the county, which had 100 employees. Like I said, I was number two. I was the only I type, high I type in the entire department. So those skills shouldn't be minimized, but I was surrounded by a lot of Ds at the top and then a lot of Cs and Ss in the ranks. And you really did have to adapt to all of those personality types. And obviously, by being one, I will say that eyes are good at making those adaptations because that's, that's our, our fundamental principle. Well, I'm going to tell you what I am. I'm an I, a high I with a strong second secondary as a D. Well, that's the same as I. I'm 100% I and I'm a 80% D. Uh, we're both in the same positions as chapter chairs uh, in our chapters. And uh, we have similar uh, behaviors. Uh, as I said before, analytical things are on the bottom. I'm not very traditional in the S quotient. I want change. I don't want to keep the status quo. If there's new things we can do, if there's new things we can move our chapters along, then all the better. So if we look at this from the sales representative's uh, point of view, or just in general life, the thing to do is take a pencil out, 
and start to write down how you view yourself. Where do you think you fall in? Because only you know your true behavior and personality. You may not admit it to people, but really, you really know how you act, what, what, um, what is important to you in order to satisfy your needs. Mike, is there anything we haven't discussed or anything you want to reemphasize before we wrap this up? I would like to um, emphasize that in order to be successful as a salesperson, you really have to analyze who you are first. Be honest with yourself. You have to really take a look at how am I going to look at these indicators from a customer? And you have to practice adapting. doesn't mean you have to be a phony. It means your end objective is to get the order, increase your revenue, therefore increasing your profits, and helping the customer because that's what you're doing. If you have a product you believe in and you can get your point across in a different way than just going in and using traditional selling skills, you're going to be all that much successful. So take an honest look at yourself and say, what do I have to do with each individual customer? If I talk too much, then I have to know that I have to just tone it down if I'm in front of a customer that wants data. That is the key to success. Well, Mike, thank you for being our guest today on Been There, Done That and enlightening our audience on the sales bridge, selling skills and personality. Well, I enjoyed being here. I appreciate it, Dennis and Fred, and uh, I'll come back anytime. Thanks, Mike. You've been listening to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast, Been There, Done That. The opinions of the hosts and guests are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of SCORE. If you would like to hear more podcasts, get a free mentor, view a transcript of this podcast, or would like more information about the services we provide, you can call SCORE at 800-634-0245 or visit our website at www.score.org. Again, that's 800-634-0245 or visit the website at www.score.org.